So welcome everybody to this episode of the Ninth Grade Experience Podcast. We are recording this on Wednesday, October 21st. I had to look at my watch to make sure I had the actual date right, which uh, is Unity Day here and in a nice high school and across the country too. So if you're watching the video of this, you'll notice that all three of us are wearing orange uh, shirts and we'll kind of talk about what that is in a second. But we have an important, I think a really neat episode today to bring to you all as next week uh, we are beginning our hybrid learning. So I thought it would be a cool idea to ask our two school psychologists, Dr. Pinho and Mrs. Signorella to come in and kind of talk about some of the issues that students may encounter next week and kind of leading up to that and even beyond with some of the ideas and, and concepts about, you know, what's going to happen, how are they going to feel, like what about coming into a school building for the first time in seven months, like all those different things. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us today, everybody. Thanks, Mr. Stachko. Happy to be here. So Dr. So Dr. Pinho made an appearance earlier in the season. He was on with uh, Mrs. Grimm for the Gay Straight Alliance Club. So if you didn't watch that one, after you're done listening to this, go back and listen to information about that club. So Dr. Pinho already addressed our first question about what his ninth grade experience was like. So if you want to look back or think back to what he was talking about, you can go back and listen there. But Miss Signorella, this is her first time on the podcast. So all, all new guests get the same question. So again, we always tell the adults, you don't have to identify the year. You don't have to identify the place. You don't have to really identify much of anything. But uh, what was your ninth grade experience like? My ninth, I had to really think about this one. Um, there were some memories in there that I would have preferred to forget. Um, but um, I, I think that's probably the year that I feel like my budding psycholo my psychology um, skills started coming out. I happened to be paired up with um, this person in my uh, bio, no. I think it was like a earth science, earth space science class. And we, we were friendly and whatnot. And it, you know, eventually I was invited to sit at her lunch table and table. So this is like, Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm literally looking around and watching these people and how they interact with her. And I was just kind of taken aback by, Oh my, like they're mean. Like they were literally mean to each other. And I was like, there's nothing that what I expected. And so if anybody's seen like that movie Mean Girls and like, I feel like that there's some truth to that. I was going to say, Mrs. Signorella went to high school in the high school from Mean Girls, apparently. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe I did, but that's like something that I experienced. And I was like, I'm sure that's not true in every case, but I just found it um, surprising. Like I wasn't, that's something what I wasn't expected. And so I had a choice to make. So now I was at this table and I was like, this is nothing that I want to be a part of. Like it felt uncomfortable. It wasn't anything that I would want to be supportive of. Um, I mean, they were, and I guess in their own way, they felt, they found those, that humor funny, but I didn't. So, um, I, I left the table and I went and I sat, um, somewhere else. Um, later that year, again, I was sitting with people, they weren't really my friends. Um, but they were just people that I, you know, were in class with. And I remember somebody flung cream cheese in my hair from this in the, like a table behind me. And I was so pissed. So I went to, can I say that on here? That's you already did. So we're going to leave it in. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I, I was so upset. And so I went over to the, um, to the table of, of, it was a whole table of boys. 
And I was like, all right, well, who did it? Like, and of course they're all snickering and they're up and they're kind of all like looking at one kid. So I know who did it, but he never owned up to it. So, um, I left, I went to the bathroom to rinse the cream cheese in my hair. I went up to this group of kids and I was like, all right, well, who did it? And of course they're all snickering and they're all little looking at one particular kid, but of course he's not owning up to it. So I, I, I excused myself. I left, I went to the, to the restroom to, to wash this cream cheese out of my hair. And one girl, one from the table that I was sitting at came over to check on me and, and she was kind and she was reassuring and she just made me feel better. And, and, um, you know, it just made me feel good to know that, you know, despite this embarrassing moment, this, um, that was frustrating for me and humiliating, I, that there was someone who was able to be kind and, and did the right thing in a moment to give me that support. Um, and to this day, I remember her. And I think it was like only a few years ago, I, I had found her on Facebook and I reconnect and I, I, I actually sent her a message and I said, I don't know if you remember this, but I do. And here's why. Um, and it was just um, something that stuck with me. Um, did you get then, a response? I did. And she, she didn't remember it, but she, um, she was glad that, you know, I, she was able to be that support for me in that moment. So, so just something that, which only reinforced for me now knowing doing what I do, that sometimes it, what might not seem like some, like a big deal to you, you reaching out to somebody and being kind, it does make a difference to somebody else. And you might not remember it later, but they, they definitely will. Yeah. We talk about that all the time about like, especially with the adults of like, it's funny you talked at the very beginning about not remembering ninth grade when you first when I when I first asked you the question about coming on and told you you would have to discuss that and then you were able to find these stories. It's really interesting that the adults are able to usually find like one one or two defining moments from that ninth grade year, no matter how far back it was. That the kind of like it still sticks with them to this day. And and your story is another example of why we always tell like our freshmen like. You know, you never know what's going to be the thing that helps define you or the thing that kind of gets you excited about things. So, you know, keep all your opportunities open and all those things. But, you know, especially with um, why we're wearing the orange shirts, which we talked about at the beginning, is, is this idea of Unity Day. So we'll kind of just talk about this real fast before our big topic. So Unity Day, everyone's wearing orange. It's, a you know, an initiative. I think it's a nationwide initiative to kind of um, talk about the problems and the uh, the effects of bullying and and these ideas of like kindness and acceptance and inclusion. So your story is like kind of like pretty right on with like everyone wearing orange shirts today. And maybe it's not the bullying that we all think about, but it's kind of along those lines where you kind of had to draw a line with different people you were associating with. And then even like being the victim of the cream cheese incident. I don't know if we'll, that will stick now for the cream cheese incident. But like, you know, it's one of those things where this is kind of why we are wearing these orange shirts today and talking about, you know, why it's important to kind of accept everybody in, in, in this situation here. So yeah, and he had, yeah go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say was, I feel like um, when I was, you know, preparing and thinking about what, what was I going to talk about from my ninth grade experience, going back and looking at these stories and things that I experienced, I realized it helped me realize that I needed if I was I was true to myself, like I knew what I was comfortable with. I didn't let I, I kind of took in what I was observing, but I didn't let it 
change me because I knew what I felt. I, I listened to like that little voice inside, like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Just wanted to kind of throw this like disclaimer out there that like the stuff we're going to talk about today, it's important and um, it's good advice. But again, if you're suffering from like any sort of real issue or diagnose issue, like we're, we're not here to diagnose anybody. So if you feel that you need to reach out to like medical professionals and those kinds of things, please do that. Like we're not in a, in a um, replacement for that today. We're just trying to give you some tips and strategies that are good and, and can apply to all students. But if you have a specific problem or issue, like it's best to go to some like professionals or to, to seek out one of the counselors individually to get individualized help. So I just wanted to throw that disclaimer out there at the beginning here before we get into some of these issues, because they are pretty important topics and topics that while you guys are experts on that, um, we want to make sure that people are getting the best advice they can as well too. So this is kind of a really um, unique one because next week our students are going to start back in the hybrid. So we're going to have kids back in the building for, you know, five days. We've had some people here and there, so it's going to be kind of interesting. So one of the questions I had for you to start with is like, when the students come back into the building next week, some of them might be coming out of their homes. I know some of them came back for that one random day in August, but some people might have literally not had much contact outside for the last, you know, since March 12th or if have those kinds of things. So for students that are coming back into the building, do you have any sort of tips or strategies to look for if like they're starting to feel anxious about being here or like wearing a mask makes them feel anxious or like all the different things that are going to be a part of this new new school in school experience. So I'll, either one of you can kind of take that and we can go from wherever, but we're just kind of looking for just general tips and strategies for students about coming back into school that's not gonna really be like the school that they were in on March 12th of last year. Sure, um, I, I can jump in first. I think that uh, what I would encourage students to do is to really kind of know their limits in terms of, of their own anxiety and, and also recognizing that the reason people experience anxiety in general is because it's, it's adaptive, right? It teaches you what you should be afraid of. Uh, it helps you recognize examples that are potentially dangerous. And so some degree of anxiety when you're coming into something that feels new and maybe feels really different from how you left it um, last spring or winter, uh, it is normal, right? So I, I think accepting that some degree of anxiety here is really adaptive and will help you navigate this new situation and will help you pay a special attention to what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with coming back. Um, but simultaneously monitoring how you're feeling and realizing when you get to a point with anxiety where it can be, it can stop being helpful, it can stop being adaptive and it can really start holding you back. So if you're getting to that point knowing what you can do to seek help, whether it's from a friend or from Mrs. Signorella or myself or from your counselor and kind of catching yourself in that moment being like, okay, I have gone from a place of feeling nervous to a place of feeling really upset and I'm having a hard time kind of regulating that feeling of being upset and it can be helpful to get kind of like help from outside of myself to regulate that. Yeah, and just to add to that, the um, well, how do you know if you're feeling, like what, what are those feelings that I might feel? Um, everybody's a little bit different. Some people internalize those feelings. Some people have more externalizing feelings. So what does that mean? So some people might be, um, they might have stomach aches. They might feel nervous um, when they walk into certain spaces or get nervous when they're about to walk into the school. Um, sometimes people feel irritable. 
Like they just are annoyed at things and they're temp they have a short temper and short fuse and they really just don't know why. Um, some, a lot of times stress can add, can contribute to that. And this underlying anxiety about um, returning to school um, can, again, when we say anxiety, I'm talking like little a, not necessarily clinically diagnosed anxiety. It's like Dr. Pinho said, we all experience anxiety and we all need to experience anxiety um, just as a survival skill. Um, but knowing and recognizing yourself and your symptoms and where to go to get that help is when you need it is important. And that was going to be like a follow-up question to that is like, I know that a lot of times we try to eliminate as teachers and, and people that work with students in the building, we try to eliminate all their anxiety and we try to eliminate like those fears about things, but it is healthy to like have that. I would have to assume that like, if you haven't been back in the building in seven months, you're going to feel slightly, I know we keep using the word anxious, but you're going to feel slightly different about it coming back. So that I would assume that's normal. So it's kind of like trying to figure out if I'm a parent or if I'm a student, like where does it go from being not from normal to like, I don't want to say abnormal, but like just a little bit above that normal level where then it becomes an issue that maybe requires a little bit more help than just like, oh, you'll get used to this after a couple of days. It's something new where it's then like, oh my gosh, this is like debilitating and I can't do this. Well, I think that the point that you make is a good one in terms of uh, clinically speaking, what we would ask is where's kind of the impairment? Like where is what, uh, where, where is something you're being held back from? Um, so for example, nobody likes getting shots, let's say. Uh, like no one is like, yeah, like, well, let's go do it. Um, but there are people who experience that in a way where like they might pass out even thinking about it. And like that's a type of like impairment or like harm that's being done from that fear um, that, that really elevates it above um, other types of things. So in, in, in terms of coming back to school, I would think, okay, you know, almost everybody is going to feel nervous coming back or feel uncomfortable coming back or have some type of, of feeling of discomfort just because, you know, it's the first day of school, right? It's not the first day of school, but it is the first day of school. And I think that having uh, kind of, like I said, that, that monitoring of like, okay, you know, am, am I feeling anxious in a way where I'm just, you know, um, being especially, you know, it's, it's unfamiliar and I'm like nervous or am I feeling anxious in a way where I like catch myself like like panicking before school or crying in the bathroom or I, I'm staying home from school because I'm anxious or I'm missing class because I'm anxious or things like that. I, th I think when you start to feel like it's holding you back in some way is when you start to, to um, move from it being a helpful feeling to it being more of a harmful feeling. So yeah, and I, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that where you said, I, I really like where it kind of impairs what you can normally do and it kind of debilitates you to a degree where you, you can't really continue on with like your normal stuff. And I think that's something for everyone to kind of look out for. Um, one of the uh, leading into kind of like talking about like just overall mental health for students at this point as well too. Um, I was just reading something, it was on a wellbeings.org and they just did a, 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 like a kind of seminar last night. And they said that 70% of teens surveyed believe that the pandemic has disadvantaged their generation and that 50% say it has worsened their mental health since like March of last year. So, you know, these are real numbers that maybe students in our building are going to be coming into, you know, and starting next Monday or, or next 
uh, Thursday, kind of already having these mental health issues or kind of dealing with those things. So if I'm a student and I'm kind of, I already know that I'm already feeling those kinds of things, what should I be looking to do? Like maybe I didn't feel comfortable because I was at home with my parents and I didn't feel like being on a Zoom call was, you know, helpful. Like what is a student now coming back into the building? What should I or could I do if I was feeling those feelings like all throughout this time, but just didn't feel comfortable telling anybody? I think one of the first, I think you have to have a little bit of um, grace towards yourself because um, we all are feeling, um, you know, so, so we're social beings. We want to be able to connect with other people and we've all been lacking that. Um, for months, which is very abnormal. And um, I think you kind of have to have patience with yourself, have empathy for with yourself. And you almost have to treat it like we've all been wounded and that we, we all need time to heal and that we're all doing this together. So if you're, if you're coming in and you, you already had a wound and this was something that you got re-injured and you look at it like in that regard, um, you would ask, you have to kind of look at it from the perspective of, okay, is this, this was hurting. It hurt before, but it hurts more now. What can I do? And who, who are my resources? Who can I go see? And that's the, the, to answer that question, you'd reach out to somebody in school, like your counselor or, or, one, or Dr. Kenho or myself. Um, if you had a coach, that you feel really comfortable talking to. They can be somebody that you just say, you know, hey, I've just been feeling this way. I've been really upset. Now they may not be able to connect you with the necessary resources per se. They might refer you to come to your school counselor or come to Dr. Penham or myself. But um, I'd say your first go-to should be, who do I trust with this information? It's more important for you to talk about what it is that you're feeling than to hold it on, on, on in on the inside. And if, you know, well, your question is assuming that you're feeling these, they've been feeling these feelings and they haven't talked about it until this point. Um, so there are resources here and available, but um, remember that when you come in, you're not alone in that we are all wounded by this, not just your peers, but your, your teachers and other staff members in the building have all been affected by this. Yeah, and, and I, would, I would just add on that if you're not sure, I would definitely encourage people to err on the side of caution. You know, a, a big thing that I've learned in my fairly short time so far at the high school is that there are a lot of people who really want to go it alone, whether it's because they don't trust um, the kind of system in terms of getting to know their counselor, or, or I think that the biggest obstacle is like they don't really know like it, us in the counseling suite. Um, so if you're not sure, or if you're worried about anxiety, or if you're just like, you know, are, are somebody who wants to kind of like round out your your team or your resources at the school, you should take the time to, to, to make an appointment either with one of us or, or with your counselor, because I think that we can definitely be more effective helping somebody who has met us and we, where we don't have to go through the process of being like, oh, so here's, here's who I am. And anyway, I noticed that you're really upset today. Yeah. Um, Right. Whereas, so, you know, if, if you're somebody who's worried about it, like just come down and say, hey, like I've definitely met with kids who are like, I'm fine. I just want to get to know you. So when I'm not fine, I am not talking to some stranger. And, you know, that can be really fun, right? We can talk for like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, and just kind of like 
get to know each other in a, in a way that I think will help um, the student in that case feel more supportive and make me feel like I can be more effective in helping that student if, if they ever need it. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and, and Ms. Signorella's answer talked about social connections and establishing those connections again. But I wanted to, if you're watching this on video, you can see it. But if you're listening to the audio in Dr. Pinho's office, clearly, and this must be one of the new catchphrases of the pandemic here. It's okay to not be okay. And, and Mrs. Demchak, who was one of your ninth grade counselors, said that to us last year at one time during one of our meetings. And I think it's just one of those things where um, people are you know, admitting to themselves that it's okay to not be okay. And, you know, I think it kind of plays along to what you were all just talking about that there's a lot of people, they may not be identifying it, or you may not even know, but they are not okay. And it's okay now to kind of be not okay and kind of and reach out for that support. So, you know, your poster behind the wall there is kind of a, a good uh, reminder, visual well, reminder. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the biggest thing is, is, feeling more comfortable talking about it because there's so much stigma around needing help, um, whether it's because you have sort of like capital D depression or just like this sense that you're, that you should be able to handle it on your own or something. Um, and I think that creating a culture where it's more okay to admit, like I need help right now. Uh, not necessarily that I'm not someone who can take care of myself typically, but right now whether I'm having a bad day or a bad week or something is going on or whatever, um, getting, getting people to more of a place where they're willing to say, I want someone to have my back. Like I want someone on my team right now and, and normalizing that type of behavior and normalizing the communication around that. Because, you know, I, I talk to so many students who will say things to the effect of like, well, lots of students are upset like me. They just cry in the bathroom instead. And that really stinks. You know, like we want to, uh, that's so isolating and so like has such an impact in terms of feeling like alone and cut off from people that we really, really, really want folks like that to, to come on down and get to know you know, give, give, let us, let us have a shot at, at sort of like making high school a, a better experience for you. Yeah. And Go ahead. When, when I was in high school, I didn't know what the school, I didn't even know we no. had psychologists. Yeah. <laughs> they were there, but I had no, I had no idea about them. And we're, um, in a, we're in a unique spot here that we actually have two for the longest time. We only had one. So at least we have a little bit more um, availability for people to come and see the school psychologist if, if they need to see somebody at that level. So at least we have two now where before it was one. Yeah, and and I think I mean, like Dr. Pinho, I you know I talk to students, and a lot of times they say oh, they prefer to talk to their friends about you know because they feel like their friends can better understand them, or um, maybe they're unsure if, if they tell an adult what what will happen, and so because of their uns they're unsure, they don't want to you know come forward. But this is goes back to um, being that person who's willing to you know, step out from maybe what everybody else is doing and do the right thing. And um, just like in, like in my ninth grade experience, like somebody stepped out away, one person left the table to make a point to come check on me in the bathroom. Somebody can just make a choice to say, whether it be online through, because you're on uh, in a group chat or you're texting, you're saying like, hey, I think you should go talk to somebody. Like, I'll go with you. Or like, you want me to, you know, walk up there with you and we can, you know, but providing that support and giving that encouragement because people like to be able to provide support to their friends, but some students do need more professional help. And that's where if you feel like, wow, this, I think I'm really worried about my friend, you should be comfortable knowing that and encouraging them to come seek additional help. 
And I think that kind of ties into the next point where I wanted to bring up was about the social connections and how that's going to look in our current environment. I was listening to something yesterday where they said that school right now is all vegetables and no dessert. So it's like all the learning is the vegetables, but the dessert and the stuff that, you know, whenever you talk to students and I'm sure that everyone that wants to get back in the building is like, I miss my friends. I miss the human interactions. I miss all that kind of stuff. Like that's where kids are coming back into now. So what do you, what kind of advice can you give on like reestablishing these social connections and like remembering that it's like, we're in masks, we're six feet apart, we're, you know, when we're eating lunch, which is like the main social time, you're like, basically, you're eating and you're out of there. Like, it's not going to be the social avenue that it was in the past. Like, even you might not even have your friends here because they're at the different part of the alphabet. So, you know, I think what can you kind of help students with or kind of advise students with, like, when they come back, it's not going to be the social atmosphere that it was previously but i think a lot of people are going to be craving that that kind of interaction with like their peers or even adults or you know even the hall monitors that have you know they haven't seen like these adults that they were used to seeing every day they haven't seen in months so what kind of advice can you give to students on reestablishing those social connections so i i would say that so I'm in the position, so, you know, you talked about there being two of us, but, you know, it's, in some ways it's one and a half because I'm, I'm at the high school halftime and I'm at an elementary school halftime, uh, which is actually where I am right now. And I, I think that I've seen uh, kind of that, like I have a, a month and a half or two months of seeing what in-person hybrid instruction can look like socially for, for students. And I, I think that there are still opportunities to connect with one another, but that they look and feel different. Um, so there's still chances to collaborate in class. There's still like breaks from class where you can talk a little bit and things like that. Um, but it, you know, it, it does feel really different for me. An advantage that folks at the high school have that we don't have, uh, here at, at an elementary world is that there are sports and clubs and things like that, that you can join, um, after school. And, and I think that, that one, one piece of advice that I would have is part of making, a school feel more like it's your school is being involved in something that you're passionate about. Um, right. So, you know, even as an adult, like a thing that I'm passionate about is being a, a strong ally for, for like the LGBTQ community. So that's how I got involved in, in GSA or, um, you know, there are plenty of people who are passionate about whether it's athletics or art or like gaming or whatever, um, like finding, some way to connect with people um and, and definitely like taking the time to like have those social interactions whether they're in class or in a club or whatever um in in, in a way that's like safe right in terms of social distancing and stuff but in a way where you're still you know reconnecting with other people i've certainly talked to a lot of people that uh like adults who aren't really able to get the type of conversation they want happening remotely in in, in like a zoom meeting um so i think that being back in a classroom will, even if you're, you're talking like within the structure of a class will like have more of a feeling of like, I'm like with people and talking with people rather than kind of staring at a screen and hoping that nobody calls yeah. on me or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think um, there's opportunities, there will be opportunities I think in school for, for those connections. Um, and, but outside of school, um, or on the bus, like those are our times when 
or like at the bus stop, like there are opportunities there where you can still be, be talking to other people. And, and um, it's not as much about, well, I think the, the main thing to remember is you don't know what everybody's circumstances are surrounding um, their, how, how isolated they've been. Some people have been more lax than others, unfortunately. And so you, do, you don't know, maybe somebody has someone who's very high risk in their family. So they have had to be, you know, much more isolated in there. Maybe they really haven't seen anybody. And then you have people who maybe have been. And so everyone's coming in with, from a different um, level of comfort and talking to other people. I feel like you were kind of getting at that you need to, to sort of appreciate that, like, people are going to be coming in in all different places socially. You know, if there are people who, like, have been at the school every day in the fall for marching band or, or fall sports or whatever. And then you have folks who, who might have like, you know, only talked to people remotely since March basically. And I think coming back from that can like take some, some getting used to. Um, so, you know, like as a student and also like as adults, like trying to keep in mind like that people have not had the same experience of COVID and quarantine and everything else that you have and that that might affect you socially. And I know some people will create like their own, pods like people who families who are who know each other who uh kind of know each other's patterns will create these pods where you know that families are okay with certain interactions and but that's all usually discussed behind the scenes so there's opportunities in school and out of school face to face is much more um it's more preferred in a lot of yeah. cases but do you have any, uh, just to kind of tie up the loose ends on that one, do you have any suggestions? What if I'm a kid that is staying remote? So now I have my friends that are, some of my friends might be back in the building, but I'm, I'm still at home due to a, so different circumstances. Is there any sort of different um, way that, you know, obviously it's kind of reaching out through all the different forms of technology that we have and maybe kids are seeing each other outside of school as well too, but do you feel that the people that are remote are at any sort of disadvantage like in the social connections phase of this, not necessarily academics, but like socially, is there, if I'm like somebody at home, is there something maybe additional that I should be doing or a disadvantage or maybe even an advantage that they can contact people more easily? I'm not, I'm just trying to think about our kids that are not ever, might not ever come into the building at all during the whole school year um, and kind of how they can establish those connections as well too. I mean, I, I think that it is, for, I think it probably depends on the person. I think for some people it, it will be a disadvantage because you're just not having as many like incidental interactions, right? Like I remember being in high school and there's a whole sort of like, like type of person that you're like friendly with, but maybe not friends with exactly where you're not going to keep in touch with them when you're not in school, but that you're still, you know, you're, you still like them and like seeing them in school and things like that. Um, so I think you miss out on a lot of those kind of like incidental interactions uh, but at the same time I think that people rely on things like um, whether it's it's social media or texting or talking on the phone or like video chatting or FaceTime or whatever uh, to kind of like supplement that so if you're already somebody who spends a lot of time um, connecting with people socially like that I think that you can still be you know can still have this like well-rounded experience I think if you're somebody who tends to keep them to themselves more you may have to be more mindful or more deliberate about going and connecting with people if you're not kind of in the building and incidentally seeing lots of people.
not lots of people. A safe, a safe, a medium safe number of people. Yeah, the the recommended amount of people that are allowed in here at, at one time. Right. So I appreciate all the time you guys have taken. I have one final question to tie up to kind of get kids back thinking about like school and all the responsibilities that they have. And it was about goal setting. And what I've kind of been telling people is like controlling the controllable. So you can't control, you know, what other people are doing right now. You can only kind of control your own, you know, your own lot and, you know, wearing your mask coming in, however you're, if you're hybrid or online only, or, you know, how they're doing it. So, you know, I know you talk with students a lot about these ideas about goal setting and how to, you know, kind of take control of what your academic and social kind of situation is. So as we're kind of coming back here next week and kind of, and you know, we're already almost a quarter of the way through the school year, which is crazy to think that it's gone that fast. But if you were going to kind of tell people to how to readjust themselves or get themselves ready for the rest of the school year, maybe they weren't as successful in the online or maybe they're, you know, really excited to get back in. So what can you give students as kind of, uh, and parents kind of tips or strategies on like goal setting and, and controlling those things that they really have control over? Uh, my first thought would be think about your schedule. So when COVID hit, we all, we, we had a, you know, a routine. We had something that we usually, we fell back to and all of that got upended and we created these new routines at home. And, you know, you think about the students who, you know, they used to have to wake up, you know, maybe an hour before their, their bus would come and then they have to, to maybe get something to eat, to get a shower, get dressed, get, you know, get to the bus stop on time. And now it's like, oh, I can roll out of bed maybe 15 minutes before class. Now maybe some people are still kept to that routine, which is ideal. But now we're going to be coming in with people changing those, changing those routines back and having to readjust to the way it was before twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, it really goes back to keeping things consistent for yourself and, and stopping and reflecting on what do I need? What do I need as I move forward and I prepare to go back into hybrid? How, where's my level of anxiety? Where, what are the things that I'm worried about? Um, and have a little bit of patience with yourself. Just know that um, how am I going to approach social, like have a plan. Like how am I going to approach socializing in, in school? How am I going to, um, you know, do I need to do something for my own mental health? Do I need to, you know, start exercising? Do I need to eat better? Um, just think about what you need to be healthy and what you have control over. And if you need help or you're struggling to get through assignments or tasks or anything that you're presented with academically, don't be afraid to reach out for help and from your teachers, from your counselors, like express it. Like, like I said, this is a wound that's healing for everyone and everybody is coming with an understanding and with and are coming or are try to be very patient and empathetic with, with you coming back in. So you need to have the, that patience and empathy for yourself as well. Yeah, I, I would agree that I think a lot of just in general coming back has to do with being kind to yourself, right? Like I think there's, there are many learners who like really are used to crushing it at school and, and who do, and who have challenges with hybrid or remote learning that they wouldn't normally have um, or people who struggle at school who struggle even more learning learning hybrid or remote I think that you know trying to be patient with yourself like trying to I, I talk to a lot of folks whether they're they're students or um, 
adults or, or whatever who are really, really patient with other people or really, really kind to other people, but really struggle to show that same patience for themselves, right? So they'll say, like, and a conversation that I'll have with them might be something to the extent of, like, they may be feeling dumb or stupid or a failure. And I'll say, well, you know, if you're, if someone you cared about had um, a bad grade in English or a C in English, would you think that they were dumb? I'll say, no. And I'll be like, well, why does that, like, why are you, why do you play by different rules? Right. So I, I think just like having the patience with yourself to say that you're go that like what is being asked of you right now um, by the world that you live in is, can be challenging and that it's okay if you need help that maybe you didn't need um, before the pandemic happened. Um, so I, I think in terms of like setting goals, like meeting yourself where you are now in October of 2020, rather than thinking about where you were in February of 2020 and approaching yourself as somebody who may have new needs that you didn't have before and being kind to that person as, as somebody who deserves the same help as everybody else. I think that's a really great message to end on is like, you know, we have to, we're in, you know, we're in October, we're not in March. We, we can't snap our fingers and go back to March 12th and then March 13th will be the next normal day. So I think it's a great thought to end on here with, you know, we got to be, we are where we are and we have to move forward from there and kind of establish our goals to, to go with that. So if I'm a student or a parent and I'm trying to get more resources or contact either of you, how, what's the best way to go about doing that? Definitely email. Yeah, definitely email, um, which our emails are on the website. Um, and also, we have a school site corner in the Wellness Wednesday um, site that the counselors put out. And there's a lot of helpful resources on there that we put on in September and October, and we're going to continue adding as the months go on. But so definitely check those out because there's some useful tools that can be um, can help during this time as well. Yeah. for parents and for students. Yeah, and we try to keep it short and we try to keep it really applied. So it's not, you know, a, a, an, a chance for you to learn about how difficult the world is. It's more of a chance of like, here, you know, here's a short list of things you can do to um, help yourself out in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, um, I think I, for this month, um, we included apps um, that are really helpful um, and just to kind of monitor yourself and keep yourself in check. So... Yeah, there's, there's so many great resources that are being provided right now. So it's, you know, there's just so many people that are looking out for the student's best interest. And hopefully when everyone starts back up next week, we, you know, we have lots of different issues that we're going to overcome and students' mental health and all the other things they're coming back with is a major one. So thanks a lot for Dr. to uh, Dr. Pinho and Mrs. Signorella for joining us today. And, um, good, you know, good luck to everything next week and for the remainder of the school year. I have a feeling that you will be extremely busy in the next couple couple weeks so hopefully uh you know students feel very comfortable coming to you guys and kind of discussing everything that's been going on so thanks a lot for joining us today thanks thank you